Welcome to China Tech Talk, the almost weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I am John Artman, Editor-in-Chief of Techno.com, joined as always by Matthew Brennan, founder of China Channel. And before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to give a, a few quick plugs. If you're, if you're a regular listener, you've heard this probably many times, but uh, we launched our Technode Squared membership program a little bit uh, more than two months ago now. It's a great way to get connected with people who are interested in China as well as get access to our premium uh, content. One type of content, of course, is our newsletters. We have our weekly, our bi-weekly Byte Dance, and our bi-weekly AV and EV. And pretty soon, we're going to be putting up a paywall as well. So if you want to access our, all of the best content on our website, sorry, you got to be a member. One other thing that we do want to mention very, very quickly, of course, is China Chat that's coming up in September. That's the 19th and 20th. Is that right, Matt? That's correct. Yes, 1920. So actually, so this episode is going to be a little bit about conferences, about uh, Matt and I, our experience, our thoughts about them, and some recommendations as to some of the some of the better ones to attend if you're interested in China Tech. But I do want to give a, a quick shout out to China Chat. I mean, I do think that it's one of the the better conferences out there. It's it's a bit smaller than like a Rise or or a TechCrunch or something like that. But that means that it's that it's a lot more concentrated and a lot more focused, in particular on on digital marketing. And Matt, I was just thinking about it because I feel like it's um it's a digital marketing conference. But then there's actually not much marketing that goes in in the actual conference. I feel like it's it's very content rich. There's a lot of really interesting information in there, and it's it's less about like marketers talking about being a marketer and like actual experts in the fields of WeChat marketing and digital marketing in China talking about uh, best practices, which of course is more valuable. Yeah, when it comes to uh, content, there's. You know, the typical conference content you're going to get is kind of a soft advert, basically, and occasionally a hard advert, right? <laughs> we did this, you know, buy our services, download our app, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but actually the smart way to do that kind of stuff, I've always felt, and I think at the conference we managed to get a bunch of speakers who understand this, is that providing genuine value to the audience, you know, information, knowledge, uh, fresh, you know, fresh data they haven't seen, uh, insights, is a much better way to market yourself. You know, people aren't stupid, right? Come on, like, if, if you're just going to sit there and, and, and do an advert for 20 minutes, uh, it, it doesn't matter how you dress it up, you know, people see through that and they know what you're trying to do. Uh, and I think it's just really disrespectful to people's time. So that that's a, something that we've always uh, philosophically held as one of our beliefs around what conference content should be. It's pretty difficult to do, though, because as an organizer, you are under different pressures. And I think we'll we'll go into this a little bit later on in the podcast, you know, as an organizer, you know, what... It, it's uh, it's not as easy as people think, right? You have to balance and juggle a lot of a lot of different factors, and um, and so people obviously, you know, they're under pressure to sell. They're under pressure to promote their own companies. Uh, they've got KPIs to reach, and if they're going to spend their time, uh, you know, to prepare an excellent presentation, takes many many hours, right? So they need some trade off. They need some benefit as well as a speaker. So it's a it's a balancing act of, of getting it right, and uh, we try our best and. I think overall we we, we mostly uh, we mostly pull it off. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think that, I mean, especially if you have like speakers like, uh, like Thomas Graziani, who I think is like the opposite of like uh, a self marketer, basically, you know, just a very introverted, quiet, relative, relatively humble kind of, kind of person getting up on stage talking about the stuff, kind of stuff that he's seeing. Uh, and so obviously that's what's kind of interesting, right? And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, these speakers, they're getting up and they're talking about kind of their area of expertise. And in some ways, that's, that's a, that's a soft sell, right? It's like, um, it's like the, the marketing version of soft power almost. You're providing this value. People are getting a lot out of it. And of course, then they come to trust you and your services even more when they may choose to uh, go on and, uh, and explore some opportunities. But yeah, so the, one of the big reasons that we wanted to do this episode in part was because Matt just announced, uh, China chat so we thought it'd be interesting to talk about uh, talk about conferences in general but then I, I also just finished a, a bit of a whirlwind tour of a few different conferences in Shanghai and in Bangkok and in in Hong Kong and I think that it really just kind of brought a lot of focus into what what I personally like at conferences and kind of at least personality wise which really really which actually don't fit. As it would, as it was what it comes down to, and a really important point is uh, that our listeners to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're a regular listener, it's very, very likely that you also go to conferences, and you would also be considering to go to some tech conferences about China tech. Um, and if you are, then I hope, I hope in this episode that we can provide you some insight based around our experiences, regardless of you know uh, the conferences that we run ourselves, but just in general. Given that we, you know, have attended a lot of conferences here, right? So hopefully, at least uh, the very least, I hope as a listener, if you, you can get out of this podcast, is some further insight into like which conferences are, um, what you can expect from the different conferences in in China, and, and and which ones might be worth going to for you. Yeah, and again, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, what kind of business you're in, what and what and what your expectations and goals are for for these conferences. And so, the way that I see it, it basically breaks down into uh, three different types. One is kind of a um, PR and marketing conference. So, Alibaba's cloud computing conference, I think, is a really interesting example of of this. And then there's uh, the business and deal flow, um, kind of networking focused. So, uh, so Rise is a very good, a very good example down in Hong Kong. And then there is uh, content and education, which is really kind of focused on exactly what it sounds like, is educating the audience and and informing them. And I think that's that's kind of the, the approach that uh, that you and I have taken, Matt, with, with the conferences that we organize. So, of course, Emerge on the TechNode side and then China Chat on, on the other side, on your side, Matt. But it's interesting because like the PR and marketing stuff, I do think that it, it can be, uh, depending on who's doing it. Like, so for example, I've been to a few here in, in Beijing where, you know, it's the, for example, there was a real estate company announcing like their new prop tech kind of sort of thing that they, that they were going into and they made like a whole one day conference around it, around property and, and real estate and technology and things like that. And so, um, I show up and of course there's really not much interesting content, but it's, but it's, it's one of those things if you look at like kind of bigger companies like Tencent and, uh, and Alibaba, when they're doing these things, it actually, if you look at it in the right angle, it can actually be a really interesting insight into how they're thinking about uh, their strategy, how they're thinking about their their next steps and the next areas that they're going to be exploring. Yeah, well, I think also for our listeners, we can't really assume that people speak fluent 
Chinese, right? So actually there's sort of a, um, I'm sure many of our listeners do, so, <laughs> but um, I'm sure a lot of them don't as well. And, you know, you have to have a pretty high level of Chinese anyway to, to keep up with um, what's happening at a conference without um, SI. So straight, I, I think there is a sort of, um, you know, two classes of conference, as it were. One where they can't, simply by language, right? Where, you know, for just to inform our listeners, like John, and you, what, what are the sort of conferences that have accessible English language content in this space? There's, they're two quite different audiences, right? Like Chinese language conferences, which is the vast majority of them in China, like the audience is a local audience and some of them don't even have SI or if they do, it's pretty poor. They only have it for like certain tracks. And so you really, you're kind of limited in what uh, information you can, you can get access to. So that would definitely be something that people I think need to consider. Yeah. And so both, both slush and, and TechCrunch, I would put somewhere in between the business and deal flow uh, categories, as well as the the content and education, there's there's a little bit of both in in both of these conferences. For TechCrunch, you know, TechNode, we uh, we we organize that, and you know, for us, I mean, number one, it's TechCrunch, right? So it has to be relatively international, at least in terms of the content, in terms of simultaneous interpretation. And then you know, with with slush, I mean, to be honest, actually, I haven't I haven't been to a slush. They've 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 been having them for a few years in Shanghai, and my understanding is that they're going to be doing one later this year in uh, in Shenzhen. But but whereas like TechCrunch, I mean TechCrunch, we tend to focus a lot more on kind of the 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 companies behind the innovation, kind of some of the the bigger trends that are coming up, um, and some interesting interesting companies and in, in CEOs. Slush tends to, my understanding at least, uh, is that they tend to focus a lot more on kind of entrepreneurship. And so TechCrunch, you know, we we attract a lot of entrepreneurs uh, who want to learn about what's happening. But then Slush, it seems to me, is more about like the actual activity of of entrepreneurship and how to be uh, an entrepreneur in in China. But then in terms of in terms of international kind of English language events, the Global Mobile Internet Conference is another one that is in Beijing every year. It's probably the biggest international conference in, in Beijing. It's been going on for a long time. I actually I haven't been in a few years. It's one of those events where it's really, really big. There's lots and lots of people. The content, the content itself isn't isn't exactly what I'm what I'm interested in. Is kind of what it comes down to, and you know, there's well, but interestingly enough, they they do have a lot of kind of walled off content where you have to pay extra, or it, they won't allow media into into certain areas, and so I can only guess as to to the quality of that content. Uh, but certainly, the stuff that they make publicly available has never been all that interesting to me, unfortunately. GMIC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, GMI, GMIC, as uh, as it's called. Yeah, I mean that's a monster conference. GMIC. It is big, and there's and there's there's a lot there's a lot of PR stuff that happens there. There's a huge exhibition area. I was there maybe two years ago to moderate a panel on blockchain, venture capital, and blockchain, which was it was really interesting. They were able to get some pretty good speakers uh, for that. We had someone from JD as well, JD.com, from a South Korean crypto VC, and then a few others uh, based here in China and Singapore who really knew their stuff. So that was that was quite good to see. But you know, the last time that I that I was there as an attendee. Was even even before that, and so GMIC, it's one of those things where it's just huge. It's like it's like Rise, right? Where Rise in Hong Kong, it's just this 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 amazingly large um, conference. That to be honest, I mean, look, I'm an introvert. 
I, uh, I don't like being around a lot of people at one time. It makes me really uncomfortable and it's very tiring. So it's one of those things at the end of the day, I tend to, uh, to avoid these, these types of things. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to GMIC, like it's actually started in Beijing, right? That conference got like, mm-hmm. a, it used to be tiny. I think it started off when it was just, when mobile was really just taking off in China. And, exactly. and now it's a global, it's a global conference, right? And I've had people, you know, provide feedback over time saying that, you know, it's too, back when I, I briefly used to live in Beijing, right? Like a couple of years ago. And I remember around that time GMIC was on and everyone, many people were telling me the same thing that, oh, it's too big now. Oh, it's too commercial now. In um, you can't, you can't actually talk to any of the speakers, right? Like you, yeah. um, and you, and find yourself rushing between tracks, and everything's kind of off time a little bit, and so you end up not actually <laughs> seeing the stuff or the people that you want to see, and it's just a big like sort of hot mess of people essentially, and and like feels like yeah. To be honest, you know, lots of people came back to me and said it was a bit you know disappointing, really. Not to criticize GMIC in particular, but it's, I think it's more general criticism of very large conferences, right? Or like when, when you've got the size of a conference, um, ends up dictating its vibe to some degree, right? Um, the ability to actually speak to people there and the number of people, what, you know, these very large conferences tend to be, yeah, you, you can't get access to the speaker. Um, it, it is a sort of like, they end up having to be very organized and very corporate simply because you can't be disorganized. <laughs> when you get to that scale, you have to be. And so that's a very different vibe from a small sort of like a few hundred people conference, which like would be something like a merge, right? Where you can actually um, you know, meet everyone who's, regardless whether they're attending or speaking, you're pretty much, it's it's much more informal environment. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing like with Rise is another really good example of of this huge conference. There so it's it's funny because kind of comparing GMIC to Rise, I mean they're they're both huge conferences, but there's something about uh, I think Chinese conferences in general that that they're not very well organized is really what it comes down to. Everything is always running slightly late. The logistics there's there's some kind of gap in between in between the the actual logistics of the event where you know it's just huge and for some reason you know the the organization itself isn't isn't necessarily prepared or at least a hundred percent prepared to deal with all that complexity because it's extremely complex. Whereas Rise, I remember Rise was actually one of the first international conferences that I had been to. You know, I've been living in China, going to conferences here on the mainland for for many years, and Rise was really the first one outside of China. And I was uh, I was moderating a few panels. This is maybe two years ago, and I show up to the to the speakers area to check in to say, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm like, okay, this is great. So your panel is at this time, and so make sure you're here at this time, and so on and so on. And I said, oh, but you know. It'll it's you know, but it it'll still be it'll it'll be running a little bit late anyway, right? And the woman who was checking me just kind of looked at me for a couple of seconds and she says, "No, no, it's we're definitely going to be on time." And so that's one of the things that rise. I think I mean, as as an organizer myself, one of the things that I really admire about uh, Web Summit and and what they do with their conferences is that the the, the discipline of execution. It's just all there. Everything is running on time. Everything is according to schedule. Everything is basically where where it needs to be when it needs to be. And so they 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 really really nail that. And it's and the thing is like these these big conferences they can be good 
if you if you know what you're getting into. I think that's that's the real point. You know, I wrote a little bit about it for this week's newsletter, where I did get a bit salty. I, I will I will just kind of uh, preface all this. I did get a little bit salty, but that was mostly about the content side. But I think you know it's one of those things where if you go in. And you know that it's all about networking. It's all about bringing people together from around the region. So it's mostly, it's mostly going to be Hong Kong, Southeast Asia, uh, Japan, Korea, a little bit of from the mainland. But there's a tons and tons of people and it's a great place if you want to talk to people from different areas and from, from different companies. If, of course, you can actually get, get access to them is the, is the big thing. But that's really kind of what what that type of conference is about, ultimately. GMIC, uh, I'm not quite sure about their networking components. Again, they have a big exhibition area, so if you're looking for investment leads, uh, if you're a startup looking looking for investment, that could be a good place to do it. Rise as well, they do a good job of having startup exhibitions. Texas too, great exhibition area. But at the end of the day, you know, Rise and GMIC in particular, their 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 content leaves leaves quite a bit lacking, um, and so it's one of those things where on the organization side, uh, a lot to admire. On the content side, a little bit to uh, to complain about. But also, I mean, you know, the, the the entire purpose is completely different. You know, what would be the top three conferences in China to attend for China Tech, or like top five, or whatever? I don't, I don't know, whatever. Like, what are the ones if you, if you're considering going to a China Tech conference? What should be what should you be considering for our listeners? Yeah, so I think it, it depends on on what what kind of conference that's uh, that 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 you want to go to. Do you want to go to like a local local conference, like you were saying earlier, Matt, where there's probably not going to be much uh, simultaneous interpretation? I mean that that's that's a great way to really you know get your get your finger on the pulse of what is happening and what people are talking about because the way that the way that people in the tech industry talk about issues is actually quite different than the way that we talk about it, even as uh, expats uh, uh, observing and and in some ways uh, involved, uh, the conversations are very different. So that's 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 one thing to consider. So is is language, and another to consider is you know what what's your what's your goal for for the conference? I mean, do you want to go and listen to Jack Ma talk about you know new manufacturing and kind of what Alibaba is doing to further transform the retail space or? Do you want to go because you're looking for an investor or you're looking to invest or you're looking for a new business partner or you're just looking for new opportunities in general? Or do you want to, do you want to, you know, learn? Do you want to be educated and, you know, come away informed? And in, in most cases, you know, come away with some, with actionable, actionable insight that can actually provide value to your, to your business or, or for yourself personally. Those are those are, I think are the the big the big big considerations. Uh, the the biggest names in this space would be like like is it we've already mentioned Rise right? They're just for I think for listeners we've mentioned a lot of conference names, but actually we haven't explained <laughs> we haven't explained mm. them. And might be some listeners who might even not not be aware of like the different big options, like the most uh, well known let's say conferences in the space. So like. TechCrunch China, as you mentioned, definitely one, right? Like that's mm-hmm. twice a year, right? Or is it is it still twice a year? Or well, is it once a year now? No, we're only we're only we're only doing it once a year now. Once a year. Yeah, for um for a variety of reasons. Sure, but that's usually in recently it's been in in a couple of different in Shenzhen. cities, right? Oh it's okay, in Shenzhen, yeah. Yeah. But we're doing it again in Shenzhen this year. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so Shenzhen, probably the best place to 
Shinji's the best. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm biased on that one. But yeah, and, and so that's, uh, you know, thousand, that, that conference is in the thousands of people, right? It's that scale and it's, it's, it's based on the US format, right? Of, of um, mm-hmm. tech disrupt, right? Is the, is the big one. So it's a similar, similar branding and, and similar format, right? I actually haven't been to the US mm-hmm. ones. So, uh, but my, Neither have I, my understanding is it is a similar format. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, the idea is basically just kind of take the the, the TechCrunch disrupt format uh, uh, and apply it apply it to China. So it is it is localized uh, to a certain degree. I mean, it has to be. In eighty percent of the of the people who come are are local Chinese, and it's a local conference, obviously. So there are there are some differences, but uh, but yeah, basically it's it's like a TechCrunch disrupt, but in China. Then Rise, which you've just come back from. Uh, which was very recent annual conference, Hong Kong, probably the biggest, right? Or along with, it's with huge. GMIC, yeah. Is Rise I mean, the biggest? We're looking at. I mean, so TechCrunch, we have, we have, yeah. So TechCrunch, we have like thousands of people, like up to eight thousand, I believe, at the last one. Rise, we're looking at tens of thousands, tens of thousands, because it's not just it's not just like the speakers and the attendees, but it's also you know, there's this huge exhibition area. There's lots of different parties going on, and you know, it, it's just it's massive. It's ab- I mean, the first year that I went that I went uh, about two years ago. I was completely overwhelmed. I will say that. And then you look at like Web Summit that they do uh, every year in Lisbon, Portugal, mm. if I remember correctly. They 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 were they they Web Summit, the company that organizes Rise, they claimed that they had almost seventy thousand people last year in the in the one that did they did recently. So this is, I mean, like Web Summit, Rise. They also do Collision in uh, in Toronto. I mean, they're known just for these huge, huge, huge things. And it's really kind of funny because I feel like we don't hear about them very often in in the media somehow. Uh, and so they're one of those those conferences that, that that it's it's huge. People go to them. People go. I mean, they're like people go there every year. The same a lot of the same people go there every year. But at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily get a lot of coverage. With like at least not the same amount of coverage as like an MWC or or a CES. Uh, in part because I think MWC and CES are uh, more like trade shows, whereas Rise is uh, and Rise and Web Summit are are quite different. Then you have Mobile World Conference, which is in Shanghai every year, right? Mm-hmm, uh, that's mm-hmm. the Asia version of the Barcelona, and like so that's that's like a China version again of the sort of Barcelona main event, and then things like CES, CES Shanghai as well, right? You have those kind of conferences. Have you been to those, John? Like, I think I've been back in the day. I went to um, CES. Yeah. I'm in China. I hardly ever leave this country. So I haven't been to either MWC Barcelona or CES in Las Vegas, but I have been to both here in uh, in 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 China, and they're both in Shanghai, and they're both in the same exhibition center, which uh, is kind of out in the middle of nowhere in in Pudong. It's a bit of a pain pain to get to, but it's 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 it's. I mean, so judging judging from 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 what I understand about MWC and CES, you know, they take that. That kind of scale, and they bring it to China, and so I think it is a little bit smaller. Uh, both of these conferences are a little bit smaller than uh, than their parent conference, but it's still huge, and it's in this huge exhibition space, and it takes like fifteen minutes just to walk from the entrance all the way to the to the end of the space. And like I said before, I mean these are definitely more uh, trade shows, so it's an opportunity for companies of all sizes, really. So you have you have you know from smaller startups all the way up to companies like traditional uh, companies, uh, especially automotive companies. Displaying all of the things that they that they've 
that they've come up with recently. And so, you know, you have like for MWC, I mean, it was all about 5G this year. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of autonomous vehicle stuff, but then there's, you know, all, all sorts of different cell phones and smartphones being shown off different, um, accessories, wearables, uh, headphones, and all this stuff being shown off uh, at, at an MWC in, in particular. And CES, to be honest, is, is much the same. Less of a focus on mobile stuff, but it's all about hardware. So a lot of TV, a lot of VR, stuff like that. And so if you're looking, if you're interested, if you can't make it to Vegas, can't make it to Barcelona, or if you're just interested in kind of what's, what's happening more on the, uh, on the Asian side of things, uh, both uh, MWC and CES Asia are are good options, but again, it's just so huge that you have to go in knowing what you want to get out of it, and just kind of figuring out, okay, this is this is my schedule. This is who I'm going to meet. This is who I'm going to talk to. These are the booths that I'm going to going to visit, or else I would say it's probably going to be pretty pretty overwhelming. Yeah, and then there's ones like Joy, which is for gaming, the big one in, mm. every year in mm. in Shanghai, uh, China Joy. And then you have like for, you know, the big companies themselves, company run conferences. Alibaba has several of their own conferences that they run. They have an investors conference. They have a cloud services conference. You know, Tencent has their versions. ByteDance, I'm not too sure yet, but certainly all the big names have their own sort of their conferences. And those guys have a completely different vibe as well, right? Where it's more about introducing services from their ecosystem. Yeah, and it's and it's going to be. I mean, if 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 people are there by choice, in the sense that you know they're not there because they're a partner, or they're not there because uh, they were specifically in, invited, and it's going to be a lot of fanboys, you know, like people who the you know people who show up because they're involved in the developer ecosystem, they're involved somehow in in some of these initiatives, or they're you know young entrepreneurs looking for for opportunities to kind of get there and get their foot in the door somehow. You know, we were talking a little bit about uh, you, Matt. You mentioned how GMake has become a bit commercial. Well, it's one of those things. I mean, like you got to monetize these events in some way, and monetizing events is actually really, really difficult. And you know, from my experience, the only, the, pretty much the only way for an event to be profitable is with sponsorships. There's only a, there's a, there's a ceiling on how much people are going to be willing to pay. Just, just kind of across the board for any conference, no matter how valuable they think it is, uh, unless it's like super, super valuable, like, you know, World Economic Forum valuable or something, right? With the prestige and the access that comes with it. But, uh, but something like, you know, China Chat, Emerge and things like that, where, you know, really, we, the only way to become profitable and GMIC and Rise is to, is to, is to get corporate is to get companies in the door, um, to actually pay money and how and what, what you give them in return is, is of course negotiable. But, you know, you look at Rise, you look at GMIC and on that scale, you know, it's, it's, it, of course it's quite commercial. Yeah. So that's an interesting, uh, leads into an interesting question, actually. One, one thing I, before we move on, I just want to caveat the, I got a little story about, you know, bad organization, extreme example. I remember, um, I think it was two years ago in, um, uh, in Chengdu, actually, where I am today, uh, going to the Tencent Annual Conference, Global Partners Conference. I actually booked. Yeah, we had uh, we had a reporter there, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So Tencent, that one, um, it was so badly organized that I turned up, you know, having got my ticket, and I was stranded outside with hundreds of other people who they weren't letting in for the for half a day. Um, <laughs> with like, oh, sorry, we've got too many people. Wow. They just overbooked the tickets and weren't letting people in. And 
you know, they, they do these conferences in these like huge, huge mega conference centers that are way, way out of town, right? Like you're basically stranded in the middle of nowhere. And I was literally with a group. Unfortunately, it was okay. It wasn't too bad because I, I arrived late anyway. And I just met up with my friend and, and we went to one of the few restaurants nearby. And it wasn't a huge deal for me. But if I'd, you know, some people were just livid, <laughs> right? Like, um, sure. And it was a really hot day and there's just literally nowhere to go. And it's, sorry, deal with it <laughs> type thing. Well, it's like... It's like an it's like an over overbooked uh, flight or something like yeah. That, I mean, know? like it's like no, I I bought this ticket. <laughs> unfortunately, you know, they weren't the tickets weren't being sold. They were. Yeah, it was mm. you had to provide identification, like, and it was all online, of course. And but okay. still, I mean, like it's just the time and the inconvenience of that. And and a company like Tencent, you would think they've obviously got the budget and the the events of it is one of their major events. Like, how could they possibly make such a basic error in organization to like have too many people turn mm-hmm. up crazy yeah so you know and that's that's a bit of an extreme example but you do get this like smaller examples just timing or like canceling of like speakers or or, or tracks or whatever yeah that, that stuff is, is is quite common but to go back to the point about uh sponsorship actually is, is super interesting john like yeah i mean when i started going to these conferences and i would you know look at the ticket prices for you know a big tech conference in china and be like whoa that's expensive like <laughs> like you know two thousand yen or whatever for a ticket like are people really paying that and uh you know back when i just started in this space of actually turn up for my first few conferences i would actually you know go and ask people did, did you buy your ticket like <laughs> you know i got mine for a friend like where did you get yours like is anyone actually and some of them it became uh, quickly evident that that very few people actually were buying the tickets that nearly all of them were were given away and that the the, yeah. the business model here was not about selling tickets it was quite clearly about sponsorship as you as you mentioned so that was that was a bit of an eye opener at the very beginning of attending uh, these conferences in China. But that's what's kind of annoying sometimes. I mean, like, so I think that uh, one of the fun things about being like a regular conference attendee is that you know I end up seeing people making making friends at these conferences. Maybe 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 not keeping in touch. Maybe developing a source, maybe not, or whatever. But then these these conferences half the time are are almost an excuse to see these people again uh, and to and to uh, hang out with them. And so it's 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 you know when you're looking at you know the the, the story that you just mentioned, what's kind of one of the the interesting things is that you know if you if you're a friend of a friend or if you you know it's it's funny because it's in China, right? If you have if you have the guanxi, the relationship. Then getting into a lot of these things is is super easy, and it should be relatively relatively cheap. Which which I think is is like I said, kind of nice on the one hand because you're able to kind of catch up with people that you haven't seen in a while, and that maybe you want to see, or and that you wouldn't see otherwise, or at least wouldn't have an excuse to. And then you know, on the other hand, as a conference organizer, it also makes it harder to sell tickets. And you know, you just have the same people kind of turning up all the time. No, I mean, obviously, no offense against those people who turn up, but I think that that that, that can be a bit frustrating sometimes because at conferences, one of the nice things also is kind of like this—you're meeting different people and you have the opportunity to meet different people. And so, if you're seeing the same faces all the time, it's like, okay, well, you're a good guy or you're a nice person, but I don't really want to talk to you again. <laughs> so, it's a bit—it's a bit awkward. Um, <laughs> but you know, so. 
but yeah, but sponsorships and kind of ticketing, I think, is is perhaps one of the the, the biggest challenges as as an organizer in, in in particular in China. You know, for Emerge, we we deliberately put our our ticket price quite high because we wanted to honestly make money on the tickets. Uh, and and we're looking at the data afterwards, and it's still quite difficult to to actually fully monetize uh, Emerge only on ticket sales. But that's something that for us at least that's super important is we want to have that ticket price maybe offer some discounts here and there but what we do want most people most people paying you know because you you pay and there's there's an investment uh, and a, a, obviously a financial investment but then that financial investment leads to an emotional and a psychological investment um, so that means that if you actually are willing to pay for something like this at this price then you know you're not just doing it as something to do you're doing it because you think it adds value uh, which is obviously why why you're paying for it oh definitely when people you know psychologically when people pay for things they have a very different attitude towards you know taking it seriously let's say it makes me think of uh Lo Yong Hao, right like uh, the founder of smartism he does paid conferences right paid like keynote presentations and he's quite famous for that right in the china tech scene that like people actually pay to see him speak I think who who's the other guy that does De Dao, uh Lord Silway, right? That guy. Yeah. He exactly. also does a yeah. really big um event once a year, I think, like a really big presentation that's highly very, very slick, very well prepared, and like that's a big deal. I think people pay to see him, you know, just to see that presentation. Well it's kind of like it's kinda of like like going to a concert or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it's very, they're, they're sort of like kind of celeb, well, they are celebrities, right, within the sort of tech and business scene in China. And people will um, actually, you know, pay to go and see them talk. And they're very good orators, right? They're ex- excellent speakers as well. So in the newsletter that I wrote for the members, again, I would say that it did, it, it could come across a bit salty. I was actually very frustrated with some of the content that I saw at uh, some of the conferences that I went to this summer. But the thing is, no matter no matter how much I might complain about the content, like I said about Rise in particular uh, and TechSauce as well, is that I think that in order to to do any event, you have to have your 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 logistics and kind of the the organizational backend set up. You know, I talk to people who do events, uh, who have done events, and I think that's probably the biggest headache that they always complain about is the actual organization. And I know that for Emerge, that's pretty much what happened for for us as well. And I think that in, in part, it's a bit of hubris because, you know, you have this idea, hey, let's do an event. Yeah, it sounds great. It's going to be this and it's going to be that. And it's going to be, you know, pretty pretty darn amazing. Uh, and the idea of an event, of course, as with anything, is is quite simple, or at least it presents itself as simple. But once you actually dig into what it takes to pull it all off, especially as you begin to scale it, it becomes this huge, massive endeavor that I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, if you're not an event organizer, then you don't necessarily recognize that. You know, uh, Matt, our, our mutual friend, Elijah Whaley, you know, I was kind of ribbing him in our WeChat group the other day, trying to see if he was going to do any events because we've talked about this before. And he's like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm never organizing an event. And it's pretty much because he understands the logistical back end and, and how difficult that is. And so I want to make it clear that, you know, while I might complain about the content, number one, that's not really what these conferences are for necessarily. 
Number two, I mean, I have to, I have to admire them and respect them for the machine that they've basically had to build in order to to execute all that. I mean, Matt, when you're looking at like China Chat, like what's what's what would you say is is your biggest headache uh, when it comes to the actual logistical organizational uh, aspect? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I totally agree with what you've just said there, and there's a reason we only do one conference a year. <laughs> And there's a reason why we've talked about doing it in other countries. Um, it is every year, you know, Touchwood is our fourth year now. Every year it's been a success. And But I don't take that for granted. I think, you know, it's a very tough business. And logistics, as you just mentioned, is really tough. Um, I'm not particularly good at it. I have an event manager who helps me. Uh, she's better. And I, I, I yeah, have, I mean, just just trying just trying to just trying to get you, you know, to, to schedule a time for the podcast is hard. Exactly, enough. exactly. So, like, <laughs> how how you possibly could get all of the logistics in place? Having said that, you know, I'm I am in charge of the content, so uh, I have to make all the choices and decisions on that. And I think that that's not something that I can necessarily give to someone else and it still be the same conference. So yeah, I still have to be heavily involved in, in certain parts of it, but, uh, logistic, and we use the same venue every year. We've been fortunate there to find a good venue and, and one that, that thing. Cause I think that's a huge part of it is like, actually when you get to, <laughs> to logistics of conferences, once you've got hundreds, unfortunately we only have hundreds, right? We only have about 500 people, but like, um, if you get into thousands, like it's, um, you really have to think about flow of people, and it's like um, there's a lot of th- there's just so many things that can go wrong, right? When you've got that many people, um, you need to think about to- uh, you know toilet facilities, to think about like squeeze points. You know, are you expecting everyone to go through a corridor to get from A to B that's like too narrow for this many people? What if it's a fire? Everybody gets hungry, they get thirsty. Uh, <laughs> it's the is you've got to people are going to get too hot you signage is it actually easy to find anything in this conference or not you know i've been to conferences where i've completely got lost <laughs> like in this maze and that's actually quite common i think there's more than one that's happened where like you're just asking people to find you know where where is this where is this track because it's just completely um, not obvious where where things are these are all kinds of issues that can make people angry. And then when you when people have paid money for tickets or sponsors have paid a lot of money for to, to, to make this happen, or at the very least people have come and put their time in to to make it, to attending this event, you know, people can get really angry. And rightly so, I guess. I mean, nobody likes to be stranded or or left in or, you know, left in a situation where <laughs> obviously due to lack of thinking things out there's some kind of problem so yeah so many things that can go wrong and then you've got the actual you know for a, a large conference you've got all tens we, we only have tens of speakers but you could have potentially you know for something like rise hundreds of speakers certainly some of those people are going to drop very late and then what do you do <laughs> right like last minute changes to schedules so all of these sort of things that you need to um, you know be aware of, and that's not even mentioning Far Piao, right? Which is <laughs> another nightmare of any event organizer yeah. in China. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. But I think that's I mean, but I think that's kind of the the whole point is that I mean, at least at least for me, and I think that you and I are similar in this way. I mean, we're 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 content people. We're not we're not logistics people, and 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 I find that for myself at least when I'm thinking about events that we organize, even if it's a small event, 
it's it's basically impossible for me to like have every to to be able to carry everything in my head. And so, you know, you can think about like I can think about, you know, what 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 the measure of success is going to be, kind of what I want to say, what we want the content to be, and and things like that. But then there's all these other moving parts, uh, and so I think that Matt, you you listed off uh, most of them. But then there's also you know like on-site staff, like how are you training them? Are they new? Are they volunteers? What are they supposed to say? Where are they supposed to go? You know, where are the speakers supposed to go? Like, where do they hang out? At media, for example, do you have an interview room? How do you manage access to speakers? Um, how do you manage, you know, other media talking to speakers? On-site registration and payment. I mean, the list just just goes on and on and on and on. You know, visual collateral, pre-event marketing. Uh, I'm just getting tired <laughs> thinking of all this stuff, but that's that's really what it all comes down to. And you know, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, Matt, like, why do you why do you keep doing it? Like, with all these challenges, what what kind of keeps you going year after year? For us, I think it's that the conference does have a value. We don't lose money on it. We don't make huge money on it. I mean, you know, the business model on the conference is pretty transparent, so like, it's it's pretty mm. easy to work out how much as long as you know how many people are paying for our conferences most people are but i think our one's kind of unique positioning in terms of that people will pay because it's a sort of agency brand digital marketing space where people will not be using that you know their, their companies will be uh will be buying those tickets for them and they'll be getting mm-hmm. reimbursed so it's yeah there's that aspect that um you know we don't you you can make money from conferences. I think it's difficult. They need to be really big to to be interesting money, quite mm-hmm. frankly, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, so that's one thing. But it has lots of side benefits, right? Uh, I think for us, it's more tradition as well. In that, like, it's it's. Uh, I think if we stopped doing it, people would be quite disappointed in the space. Like, it does have it does fulfill a purpose within this community of digital marketing around WeChat platform and China digital marketing, right? In China, that there's mm-hmm. not, it holds a unique positioning and certainly, yeah, there's, there's only once a year where that group of people come together, right? Where that community of people who, who a lot of whom who know each other, um, but live maybe some of them live in Hong Kong, some live in Beijing, some of them live in Europe or wherever like that. But like, they can all come together um, once a year and actually meet up and talk and, you know, hopefully meet some clients at the same time, blah, blah, blah. So that's why it works and that's why we do it. Um, we have a VIP meal as well, which is really, really nice. And I think that's the kind of stuff that, you know, if you can pull it off, um, it's prestigious. So I think prestige is probably the, the main reason to do it. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, because like, as you were saying, when the business model is, is transparent, and so there has to be ancillary ancillary benefits to actually if you want to if you want to keep doing it, especially given the uh, the amount of the amount of commitment. You know, for us, a lot of it's just that we we're. I mean, so again, I think that it should be pretty relatively clear that I'm in general quite. Uh, Quite dissatisfied with a lot of content that's out there, uh, both both online and in offline, when it comes to technology in China. And so, you know, for our website, that's the big one of the big problems that that we try to address is actually bringing insight and 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 a, a bit of clarity to kind of what's what's happening here uh, in China in technology. And then um, the event itself, you know, I think that 
you know, one of the one of the things I li- I, I like about doing this podcast is that we're able to sit down, just you and me, or sit down with you know a, an expert in some area. And just kind of talk through things and ask each other questions and really kind of go deep and, and go on tangents sometimes and things like that. And for me, that, that is extremely valuable, being able to have these conversations, being able to listen to these types of conversations. And that's really kind of what, what we're trying to do with Emerge is, is, is make it something that on the one hand is uh, authentic, uh, and on the other hand, is actually informative. And so, unlike China Chat, we we kind of focus on a lot of different areas. But um, but basically, I think that you know, there's. I mean, for me, a lot of the things that I do, I'll just be honest. A lot of things that I do, I feel like I do it because I kind of have to. Like if I don't do it, then then no one else will. And especially when it comes to to China, there's just so much there's just so much BS out there that I I feel like it's really important just that 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 we. That we actually, you know, stake out this ground and say, "Hey, look, there is actually something that you can learn. That's not all just marketing BS or filtered through uh, a Western a Western media filter bubble." And I think that that's. I mean, so the way that I see it, I mean, we're we're providing a, a valuable service, and it's only been our first year, so we'll uh, we don't have the track record that you guys do, Matt. But um, but next year, I think that uh, we'll show that we can do it two years in a row, which is really exciting. Yeah, I mean, what was the highlight for you of Emerge this year? Well, I mean, I, I would say that some of the feedback that I got from uh, from attendees and and other speakers about the quality of our speaker, I think, was probably the uh, the biggest kind of feather in my cap because we worked really, really hard uh, to get the speakers that we did get. Uh, we didn't get everyone that we wanted, but the speakers that we did get, I think, on the one hand, were highly knowledgeable in in their field, but then also, you know, people who were uh, practicing. Uh, in, in whatever that was, whether it was blockchain or artificial intelligence or corporate innovation or, or digital marketing. Because again, I mean, I find that, you know, this is one of the, one of my big, uh, pet peeves is kind of going up, going to a conference and, you know, the, the title of the, of the talk is super interesting. The, uh, the person up there is relatively high profile. And so like, okay, this is going to be some good stuff. And then of course it just ends up being pretty much everything that I've heard before in some way, shape or form, you know, fail fast or China is hard or, or whatever. But, you know, this time, but for, for Emerge, you know, not only did we get great speakers, but then we thought really hard about the, the content and how can we ask questions in a certain way or, or give, give a bit of space to actually, to really, to ask like interesting questions. And so like, you know, we're not, we're not a tech crunch in this, like in the, the tech crunch disrupt sense where they, they kind of, they get all, they get on like these tech CEOs and every once in a while, depending on who the moderator is, they'll try to like ask uh, difficult questions or something. We're not like tech crunch China where, um, where we have CEOs and other people come up and just kind of talk about their company, uh, which for some people can be super interesting. But rather, we want you know someone who uh, who has the space, who represents their company, but also then has their space to act, has the space to actually talk about these topics, you know, and and actually like you know expound upon the issues that they're facing and the challenge and the challenges that they're facing in in this in a certain space. So yeah, I think that uh, Matt, you know, we've actually gone a lot, a little bit longer than I expected. But I think that you know the the the, the whole point is that there's a lot of different conferences out there, and as as organizers, you know, Matt, you and I, we look at we look at things in a in a, in a certain way. And on the one hand, you know, we can complain about them a little bit because there are things to complain about. 
but at the same time, you know, like there's 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 a lot of really kind of interesting stuff. And as as for myself at least, you know, I feel like every time I go to a conference, I'm learning more about how to actually do them myself and kind of what I like, what I don't like, what I want to have included in in something that I do, and something and what I don't want to be included in um, in something that I do. So I think that's about all the time we have for for this episode. You know, we wanted to take a look at the different conferences and talk a little bit about some of the good ones, some of the bad ones, what we like and what we don't like. But we also would like to hear from from you, the listener. If you have any interesting stories, any horror stories, or any stories of like you know something amazing that happened at a conference, uh, we'd we'd love to hear it. But yeah, so if you have anything interesting, if you have anything interesting, any any interesting stories to tell us, hit us up on uh, on LinkedIn. Matt and I are both on on Twitter, and of course, you know, there's the the friends of Technode. We WeChat as well as uh, Matthew's uh, chat WeChat group. If you're a member of those, give us a shout and let us know what you think about uh, the different conferences that you've been to.